Good morning, church. I see you've already realized that you can be seated. <laughs> I'll do that too. <laughs> it's a beautiful day out. It's a little cold, but it's sunny at least. It's more than we get most winter. <laughs> the altars are open, as always, but especially during this time. Just come, bear your burdens to the Lord. Let your f church family pray for you, pray with you. And just be with you during this time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for every breath, every moment, good or bad, in all honesty, because you are Lord over it all. And I know, Lord, in the end, you win. So no matter what's going on in this world, what's going on in these moments, you win. I pray, I pray for those dealing with sickness right now, Lord. It seems to be a lot. It seems to be going around as usual around this time. Lord, I pray that quick healing would happen, whether it be through the miracle of medicine, or the miracle of your healing hand. I thank you this morning for new life that is here. I thank you for being able to be part of her church family. I pray for the drowned family as they begin this new part of their adventure. And Olivia, as she gains understanding of what this world is and who it is through her interactions with us and her family. I pray, Lord, as we go into worshiping you through your words. I pray that we would just hear you, regardless of what's going on in our lives, regardless of how we feel, regardless of anything that may be going on, Lord, that we would hear you And nothing would stop us from following your words to the ends of the earth. So as we go, 
May we go in you. Walking in your way as your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. A wanderer, come home, you're not too. So lay down your hurt, lay down your heart, come as you are. So lay down your hurt, lay down your heart, come as you are. Thank you, worship team, as always. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody in God's house today. Uh, welcome to Olivia and the rest of her family. I think it's Olivia's mom and Olivia's dad, right? Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> it's nice to see you guys. What a blessing. It is just as good to see everybody else here today, young and old, or young and younger at heart. Just a few announcements that I wanted to share with you. As always, we have our midweek Bible studies Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. here. We encourage you to come if that fits in with your schedule. Uh, this coming Saturday, we also have a ladies' breakfast. There's a sign-up sheet out here in the hallway. Um, I don't think anybody's put bacon on the list yet, so that's, um, that's still available. Um, but that's this Saturday at 10 a.m., and just um, check out the sign-up sheet um, out there in the entryway on the left as you go out, and that would be great. I also wanted to just give an update on our pastoral search. Um, that's something that's been going on since uh, late last summer. Um, now is kind of the time. You know, now is the time. There's always a time, but this is the, we're starting to get into that season where people who are looking to move are looking to move. So this is the time. So we would just ask you to keep that a matter of prayer. Um, our district superintendent kind of leads that for us. Um, we make sure as a board that the advertisement is still out there on the wesleyan.org website. And it only stays up for 60 days and we have to put it on again. So we've been diligently keeping an eye, make sure that it doesn't drop off right when we're looking. But uh, our district superintendent takes care of that. He, uh, he and I have occasional conversations about um, various pieces of that. So that continues to be an ongoing thing in the background um, of your church here. And uh, we just ask you to keep that as a matter of prayer, especially as we're, we're getting into that early springtime um, normal cycle of things. Uh, let's see. We're also looking for help in the sound booth. Um, no experience required. Um, we especially are looking to uh, train an additional one or two people on the soundboard itself. So if you feel that, um, that that's something that you can help out with, um, we'd be glad to have a conversation with you about that and we're going to be doing some training here soon so just see either me or Franklin about that and we'll uh, we'll put the pieces together on that uh, and as always we appreciate your faithful giving 
we can't do what we do here uh, without without that and um, there are opportunities to give uh, either online in person and um, there's all the details boxes on the on the back walls as well so we thank you for that uh, Warren is going to step away from the camera on the back side of the camera instead and come in front of the camera and read our scripture for us and then Tyler Hardy is here to bring another message for us, so we thank you for coming out as well. I don't know about the women, but if there's no bacon at a men's breakfast, that's a crime. Okay, I don't know about the women, but if there's no bacon at the men's breakfast, somebody's going to hear about it. Okay, just making sure. We know who to talk to, don't we, Nate? So I'm reading from Mark, chapter 4, verses 3 through 8, and... Um, it says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he, scattered his, as he scattered the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Hello again. Um, Gwen is not here with me this time because, well, I'm so generous. I gave Gwen my cold. So <laughs> I'm feeling well. She's not. So that's where Gwen is at. Um, let's pray. Lord, as I give this message, I ask that you would have your will and your way with it, that you would speak to each of us the way you want, uh, that we would be listening to what you have to say to us. Thank you for all that you have. Thank you for the service. Thank you for us being able to be here and together. And we thank you for all of this, Lord, and all of your blessings. Amen. Um, so I, this past year, I planted pumpkins because I learned that you can plant all different kinds of colors. Did you know that there's lots of different colors of pumpkins? So, you know, there's, there's the orange pumpkins. You could get a pie pumpkin or a carving pumpkin or a big pumpkin or a small pumpkin. Um, but there's, you can all get white pumpkins. And lots of people have seen white pumpkins, and you can get Jerrydale pumpkins. It's like a ghostly white. And uh, you can, but you can also get red pumpkins, yellow pumpkins, black pumpkins, green pumpkins. You can get what other, whatever color pumpkin you want. So I, I was thinking, I'm going to plant pumpkins and I planted four kinds. I narrowed my list down to four kinds of pumpkins because if you're planting lots of different kinds of the same kind of foods then it, um, it, it complicates things and you don't want them cross-pollinating and stuff and so I, I plant I, I had um, a whole plan of where I was going to plant each of these pumpkins when I was going to plant them and, and within the time that you had to plant them although it's a very muddy 
uh, it was a very muddy season to plant those pumpkins. I was trying not to plant them in mud. Um, but I, I got it to work out all right. So I, I planted um, orange uh, standard carving pumpkins. I planted some Jerrydale pumpkins. Both of those grow around here. And I was trying a couple other ones that looked like they should be able to grow around here also. So I planted some that they were black. They're not really black though. It's, it's a dark, dark green. So it looks black, but it's, it's technically green. Um, and I planted some that were a mix of yellow and green. So I thought those looked pretty cool. So those are my four pumpkins that I planted. The, the first set was, um, they were the green and yellow mix. And those ones, when I planted them, I'm waiting for them to start sprouting up. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. After a couple of weeks, I decided I'm going to search for those seeds because what's going on? They're not coming out. So, and you plant them in little mounds, and so I'm searching through, like, carefully, a little bit by bit of, of dirt, and I went through a whole mound, and there's no seeds in it. They're gone. So I check another mound, and I carefully go, you know, a little bit by bit, trying to find those seeds. Now, they're supposed to be right in the middle, approximately, where I put them, but of course, I wasn't finding them there, so I searched the whole thing. And I checked a couple of mounds, and there's no seeds. They're gone. You, now, something could have come and dug them out, but there was no signs of something digging. And also, not a single one remained. Not a single pumpkin plant came up in that whole, yeah, there was like 20 mounds, there's uh, two, three seeds uh, per, per mound. So where are the pumpkins? I don't know, but not a single one came up. All gone, vanished, and I don't know what, like the seeds themselves seem to be gone. And it didn't, no sign of something coming in eating the seeds. I don't know. They just uh, disintegrated or something. So the second kind of pumpkins were, they were going to be the, uh, the black ones. And they, they started to grow and they came up. They got about this big. And then they stopped. That's it. How do you grow this big and stop? The, the leaves are still there. You'd think they... I'm watering them, make sure not get too much water, too little water, they, they just stop. And I, and I have my, my pumpkin people that have planted pumpkins before. Uh, my mom's planted pumpkins years and years. She's planted some pumpkins uh, over time. And, and uh, my mother-in-law, she plants pumpkins, I think, every single year. My wife has planted pumpkins. Uh, Gwen had a, a really great pumpkin garden when she was in high school. So I'm like, I got all these people to talk to about pumpkin stuff, and they can't figure out what my problem is either. This, this plant, it got this high, and it just stopped. And pretty soon after, most of them died, but a few of the plants stayed about like this and green for, I don't know, a couple months before they finally withered away. Like, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't the warmest spring and summer. Maybe it just wasn't warm enough for those two kinds. So moving on to the two that have been proven to grow just fine around here. Uh, the Jerrydale, they, they grew and they got to be about this height, and then they stopped. It just stopped. Every single one of them. And one of them got a, a couple of, like, it was going to become a pumpkin one day, but wasn't yet a pumpkin. And that, that was it. That, was, and that one got further than any other one, but still didn't get any higher than this. 
So there goes three out of four of my kinds of pumpkins. Now the fourth kind were the standard carving pumpkins, just plain old orange. But, you know, those are good too. I, I like those. So those ones were grown in the old goat field. And lots of goat droppings in there. So it got plenty of fertilizer. And those ones... They just grew and grew and grew and grew. There was so much. And, and, and then there was also these other weeds, but that's another story. And they, they, these vines covered my pumpkin plants. And I could not keep those away fast enough. And um, so basically it ended up being this pumpkin patch. And I couldn't, like, well, it's kind of like these chairs and like from those, that front row to here and about that it's, we're talking like 50 feet by like 30 feet, I think. It's something like that. I got a lot of pumpkins in there, and I couldn't get very far into the pumpkin patch because it got so thick. Well, I got about three dozen pumpkins out of that pumpkin patch. I carved the biggest pumpkin I've ever carved in my life that I grew. It, it, it was a good-sized pumpkin. Um, and so I sold some pumpkins, and we carved all the pumpkins we wanted. I gave pumpkins to my, my in-laws, my parents, my, uh, my brother and his wife. and like, We all had as many pumpkins as we wanted. I, I had pumpkins for my chickens. I think my in-laws' uh, uh, animals had some pumpkin as well from us. And apparently dogs love pumpkin, or at least mine loves pumpkin, and it's good for them too. So he, he loves his fruits and vegetables. So he has had lots of pumpkin. And I saved some pumpkins so that I could keep on giving it to the chickens throughout the winter. And I had so much pumpkin, it was great. Um, and, and that was, that was uh, with 75% uh, failure. <laughs> and I still had so many pumpkins. And it, so it, it just it worked out really well. But thinking about this parable, um, the... Um, it says uh, the, uh, Jesus, when he's explaining it afterwards to the disciples, because they're like, what did you just read? Or what did you just say? And, and so I, I'll read to you what he said afterwards to them to explain it. He said, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. So as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So they hear the good news, and Satan just swoops down, takes it away from them. He doesn't want them to have that. Um, the, the good news is that Jesus was born as a human being, you know, fully God and fully human. And no, the math doesn't work out very well, but God's math is far beyond our math. If, if, God was, if we could comprehend God, I don't think that would make him much of a God, would it? Um, and so he is the God, and he sent his son to be born on earth. He never sinned. He never did anything wrong. And he suffered the same kinds of things that we suffer in life and, um, and enjoyed things the same way that we enjoy things in life. And then he had um, about three main years of, of ministry where he was um, doing miracles all over the place, telling people about the kingdom of God and, then, and, and, and forgiving people and healing people. And then he died. He sacrificed himself. He was the ultimate sacrifice. The only person who's, ever done, who's never done anything wrong is the one who gave his life for all of us who have made mistakes. Because nobody's perfect, right? None of us are perfect. If you didn't know that, oops. I'm sorry to tell you that. Um, yes, nobody is perfect. And so, um, 
Jesus being that sacrifice for us. And then three days later, he conquered death, he conquered sin, he came back to life. God rose, raised him from the dead. Um, and in the same kind of way, Jesus offers us new life. We can be dead to sin and alive in God because he loves us so much. He fills us with his Holy Spirit and with his love. And so when Jesus is telling people the good news, when we are telling people this good news, Satan just comes and he wants to take that away. He doesn't want them to have it. He doesn't want them to have freedom from uh, the burdens of sin. He doesn't want them to have uh, the, the relief that God gives us, the forgiveness, his love. He doesn't want us to have that. So Satan just comes and takes that right away. And then verse 16 says, Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. People hear God's word and they're so excited. You ever see somebody like that? They're just so excited to hear about God. They're so excited to come to church. And, and then it's like something bad happens, and they're gone. They don't want anything to do with God. Uh, maybe they say they'll come, you know, the, you know, maybe they say they still talk to God, or they'll come back to church at some point. And, but basically, they're just done with God because bad things happened, and they don't... They didn't take root. The, the rocks made it so that there wasn't deep soil. So the roots didn't get to go down very deep. And so when those bad things happened, it just dries up. It doesn't last. It's like most of my pumpkins. Um, and then the, the, the third set of seeds, still others, um, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of, for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So those uh, seeds that were thrown by thorns and weeds, they're choked out by all those thorns and weeds. And you know, some of it's the worries of life. You know, how am I going to provide for this? And how am I going to do this? And you, you think about those worries... But it's not just the bad things that distract us and take us away from God. Because it also says it's the deceitfulness of wealth. Because, deceit, uh, because wealth doesn't just help us with all those things that we worry about in life. Because it also, the things that we want, wealth, and, and not just money, but other things as well, those things distract us from God because we want those things. And we're chasing after those things rather than chasing after God. So sometimes it is the good things that distract us from God. The good things keep us from the greatest things. Um, and then lastly, other, others, like seeds sown on good soil, heed the word, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, 60 some 100 times what was sown. It is people that hear and understand God's word. When they hear the good news, they accept it and they want that. They cling to it because we want more of God. We know how good he is and we know that he is even more good than we can comprehend. Um, th these people who hear and understand are, are like um, Psalm chapter 1. Um, it says, people whose delight in the, is in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That person is like a, a tree 
planted by streams of water. They are rooted in God. They are meditating, thinking about God's word day and night. Whatever they do, whatever they're going through, they're thinking about God. They're thinking about what he says is right. They're thinking about the plans that God has for us. They're thinking about the heart, the love that God has for us. Those are the kinds of things that they're thinking about. And when they're keeping that on their minds day and night, when they take delight, when they love God's word, that is when they can be deeply rooted in God and in his love and then they can grow in God and have the life that he wants for us. Um, I think it was last time I was here I was talking about God having immeasurably more, he's able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we can ever ask or imagine. That's what God wants for us but we grow into that. We get to see those things happen. Um, in 1 Corinthians, I have a lot of scriptures today. Take delight in the law of the Lord. Um, 1 Corinthians 15 says, But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because what you're doing for God, the work that you do for God, it's not for nothing. It is definitely for something. It is for something great. When we are serving God, when we are giving Him everything, doing everything for Him, then we get to see God work. And so the difficult things that happen in life. But it is through those difficult things that we get to see God work. It is when we keep on going as we don't let the sun dry us up or Satan snatch it away from us. It is when we keep on going, when we let our roots grow down deep that we get to grow up strong in God. We get to be rooted in God and always growing. Um, the, uh, the pumpkins that I grew that successfully, they were in a field of goat droppings, and there was a lot of it. But it is through the tough things, the things that we don't like, it is usually through those things that we are growing. It's not usually through the easy times, the good times, because usually that's when without even thinking about it, we kind of relax. We're, we're, we're happy. We're kind of complacent. We don't really want things to change because we like how they're going. We like how this is. And so that, that's what we want. But it's through the tough times when we are challenged that we are growing and strengthening. It's when you're having those tough days running in cross-country in high school that I would build up the muscle and the uh, ability to, to run the races better. It was through the tough things that we are growing most. Colossians 2 says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened. Um, I'm thinking about uh, my pure joy story and and, uh, how it says in James chapter 1, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. That's what it says. When you face trials of many kinds, consider it pure joy. And it goes on to say, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must 
finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We want to be mature. We want to be complete. But you have to go through the trials. You have to, to develop the perseverance. And when you let perseverance finish its work, that's when we get to be mature and complete. It is through those tough times that we get to grow strongest in God. Um, thinking about trees, um, trees, they're, they're, they, can be, they can do some interesting things. They, sometimes when, when something is pressed up against a tree, the tree will eventually just grow around it, right? Trees, they, they seem to like baggage, kind of like people. We like to hold on to baggage. We've got things that happen to us and we hold on to it. But God's like, you've got to let go of that. And the trees, they hold on to it like us. I, um, there was a, a bird feeder or a bird bath or something hanging from a tree uh, growing up and when I was growing up. And the tree, as it got bigger, it just started to grow around that chain and now that, that little bird thing is stuck there forever <laughs> because it is in the tree. And yesterday when I was driving over here, um, I, saw, I was driving by and on the power lines, there was a piece of wood hanging from the power lines. And, um, that, and I, thinking about it, like that, it was a tree and somebody cut the tree because it grew into the power line. And now the trunk is just hanging there. That, lo that little chunk of the trunk. Um, it, even in death, it is going to hold on to that. No, like you can't let it get rid of its baggage. It will hold on to it for the rest of eternity. And I think people like to be like that too. We like to hold on to things forever. But that's not the kind of way that God wants us to be. He wants us to let go. And, you know, sometimes getting away from baggage, sometimes we still have scars, though, because things have happened to us. People have done things to us, or uh, we've made mistakes, and it caused terrible mess. You know, things happen in life, and we get scars, kind of like trees. They get holes in them, or it's just rotted away. And uh, you get animals living inside of those holes. So sometimes uh, trees have scars, but um, it, sometimes those scars that people have, it's much deeper than you can see, right? And those trees, sometimes you see a nice strong tree, but you cut it down and you realize that thing was pretty hollow. What was holding it up? It looked all right, but apparently on the inside, it's rotted right down to the core. And sometimes as people, we get to be like this, whether it's bitterness or stress or worries, there's all sorts of things that... It just eats away at us on the inside. We have these things eating away at us. Whether we, whether we are holding on to something or we're letting go of everything, but something is still eating away at us, something out of our control. Things happen like this. But sometimes it's through those scars that God wants to work, right? Often it's people that have been hurt that are able to help hurt people the best. And so these scars, you know, like a tree, God puts little animals living inside of those trees. You get, you know, owls, you get squirrels, or um, a.k.a. Um, bird seed thieves, you, or troublemakers. And so, you, but it's not just, you know, when we, we're also like a tree in that when we're standing there, when we are growing, it's not just one tree. It's a whole habitat. As people, as Christians, God is not just working in your life. And doing things through your life. He's doing through th things through all of us. As a church, as a global church, all of us Christians 
who are following him, who are saying, Lord, I know I'm a messed up human being. I got all sorts of holes and baggage. But Lord, use me how you want me to be used. Uh, Help me to be the person that you want me to be. And so when we're living that life, he gets to do amazing things, not just through you, not just through uh, your family or a group of friends. It's through all of us around the world. He is making a difference. God, God can use us or he can do it without us, right? But he wants to bring us along because he gets, then we get to be a part of that. We get to see what he gets to do and we get to have the pleasure of being a part of that, getting to make a difference in other people's lives. Um, and thinking about how you need more than just a single tree. Just imagine if all the animals in the forest lived on one tree. I think sometimes we like to do this to people. It's not wise when you put all the pressure on one person. Um, We had a tree, um, one of our apple trees growing up. Um, There was a family of squirrels in it one year. And as those squirrels uh, were growing up, they start running around all over the tree. Well, then you get, as they're getting bigger, they're jumping over to the maple tree, then they're jumping over to the other apple tree, they're, they're on all three of these trees, they're raiding the bird feeder, and then as they grow up and they're getting families of their own, they're moving to the neighbors, lucky them, they're moving to the other neighbors, they moved into their garage because they had a hole in the roof, so their gain is our loss. <laughs> But together we make up the church. We make up the people that are doing God's will. God working through us. And with an apple tree, you have, you know, they can grow two, three hundred apples in a year. And each apple has 10 to 15 seeds. Planting those seeds, that's a lot of seeds to plant. That's thousands of seeds every year. You know, some years... There's not as many apples. Some years, we had one year, there were more apples. Uh, We had two trees. There was the good tree and there was the not so good tree. Its apples were small, didn't grow a lot of apples. The other tree, on the other hand, the one with the squirrels, um, those apples, they were giant apples sometimes. I could hold one in my hand and it'd be at least the size of my hand. I'd take it to school and show everybody what's in my lunch is the apples that would grow on our tree. And there was one year in particular, there was so much fruit. Sometimes in life, we have seasons where there's not a lot of fruit. And other seasons, we have more than we can possibly know what to do. We had buckets and buckets and buckets of apples on the porch in the fall because we're like, we don't know what we're going to do with these. That's a lot of applesauce. That's a lot of you know, apple crisp. Oh, apple crisp. But there was a lot of that. But if you think about it, one apple, 10 to 15 seeds, if just one of those seeds plants, and grows a tree, how many more apples year after year is that one tree going to, to produce? If you plant, if it has a few seeds over the course of its life, that's a lot of apples, thousands, millions of apples at some point. Um, but God does this through us. Those seeds, the farmer planted seeds in it, There were four kinds of seeds, basically, that happened. The ones that the devil snatched away, the ones where um, the uh, terrible things in life snatched it away or dried it right up, the things where the deceitfulness of wealth and the worries of life took it away, and there's the the seeds that actually grew. Now, all of my four kinds of pumpkins, out of the good patch, I took just a couple of those pumpkins, 
And I wasn't going, because I, I wanted some seeds for next year. I don't have to buy new ones. So I, you know, I just scoop in, take a few handfuls of seeds out of a couple of pumpkins. And there were hundreds of seeds. I didn't have to clear out the whole pumpkin and save every single one of those seeds because those seeds won't last long enough by the time I plant that many pumpkins. There's so many pumpkins. Just one piece of fruit or vegetable that you plant. God doesn't want us to give up because of the things that we're going through. He doesn't want us to give up because of, you know, I keep on trying to plant a seed in this person and they just won't take that seed. You know, they just don't seem to get it. They just don't seem to want to know God. But you keep planting that seed. And at some point, you're going to have some seeds that are growing and producing three dozen pumpkins and just so more pumpkins than you need. And even after you're still selling pumpkins, like, there's a lot of seeds, okay? And God wants us to be planting those seeds. Um, for 2 Corinthians, it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Thinking about this for time, energy, resources, when we give God everything, just imagine if I took every seed out of all those pumpkins. There could have been a lot more pumpkins. Oh, I'd be a millionaire on pumpkins, maybe. <laughs> a lot of pumpkins, okay? But if we reap or if we sow generously, if we plant all the seeds that we can, being the person wherever we go, the person that God wants us to be, we can plant so many seeds. But if we're gonna keep those seeds to ourselves and we're not gonna share those seeds then it's not going to go very far. If we're like, oh, I think this is a good spot to plant a seed. And maybe this, no. Scatter all the seed that you can. Wherever you go, being the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world, and he has made us the light of the world. And in Psalm 92, it says, uh, the righteous will, bear, will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stray, stay fresh and green. You ever feel like you're just worn out? And some people, they get to a certain age and they think, they're done. well, I've served my time, I'm done. There is always more work that we can do. And some people, it, and it can happen pretty early for some people, they just kind of give up. It's like, well, you know what? I've, I've, I've done all that I can. I can't do any more. But if we are living the life God wants us to, you don't have to think about how many seeds you're planting because the seeds are just being planted as you go. And you're not always going to see the things that happen. Um, and, and actually, there was a, a person that I was thinking about this morning. I was like, I better send them a message because you know I've never told them how much they've made an impact in my life. And, and there were times when I was like, I need to send them a message. I didn't. And so I thought, you know what, it's going to be random. But to, this morning, I sent them that message. Because there's so many times, we are, when we are living the life God wants us to, we don't see the kind of impact that we have on people's lives. And most of the time, people aren't going to send you a random message. And most of the time, I don't send a random message like that. But when we are living the way God wants us to, when we are rooted in God and always growing in Him, growing stronger and stronger, we get to see God do amazing things. But are we rooted in God? 
how rooted in God are we? What kind of pumpkin plant are we? Are we one that's just going to wither away and die? Or are we one that is going to keep on growing, producing so much of a crop? That's the kind of life that God has for us. We can't always see it, but that is the kind of life that he has for us. We just have to be thinking, am I rooted in God and his love? And am I growing, always growing, growing closer to God, growing uh, more in uh, strength and maturity? Let's pray. Lord, as we live our lives, help us to live for you. Help us not to hold anything back, but just wherever we go, doesn't matter. Help us to be scattering those, ske- those seeds, that we would scatter them in the places that you want us to, but that we wouldn't be scattering them like we're stingy, but that we would be putting those seeds everywhere we can. But Lord, maybe we don't even feel like we're very rooted in you, or maybe we feel like our roots have been torn up some. Help us to be rooted in you. Help us to cling to you, to grow closer to you, to find our strength and our love in you. Whatever it is that we've been going through, help us, forgive us for anything that we have done wrong, and strengthen us and encourage us for the things that we face, and that each person that we come in contact with, that we will not be messing up, but that we will be the person, the light that you want us to be, the light that you have been to us, and the light that you want us to be to others. Thank you for the the great things that we have done for other people. And thank you so much, most of all, for all that you have done for us, all the blessings day after day, year after year, and ultimately our entire life, the rest of eternity, you have life in store for us now and for the rest of eternity. Lord, if we haven't given you all of our heart, all of our life, help us to give it to you now. Lord, we want you to have our life. We want you to have our heart. Help us to be the amazing followers, the amazing disciples, the faith-filled believers that you want us to be. And thank you for all that you have planned for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians 3, 16 and 17 says, I pray that from his glorious, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Wherever you go, go with God, rooted and always growing.